0: Hey, everybody. It's Joel. I'm the co-host of Board Game Mechanics, along with the other co-host. Hey, guys. What's going on? It is Jason. Jason, I try and throw you some curveballs in there, and you just you hit them every time, man. You do a good job.
1: I'm a professional, man. Professional.
0: So I guess this is the part of the time, the part of the, the podcast, the part of the time, the part of the podcast when we tell our our stories about life and not board game stuff. And this is where I'll tell my story about how I went into a bathroom yesterday and Africa by Toto was playing. So just imagine it's playing. We don't have the rights to that one. So just imagine like a, a very close to that dun, version dun, of that dun, song. Dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. Yeah,
0: that's that's 15% change. That's perfect. <laughs> um, sure as Kilimanjaro... Listen, I'm telling you, as sure as Kilimanjaro rises from the ashes of the Serengeti, this story I'm telling you is true. <laughs> um, I was in the bathroom, okay? And in this bathroom, I'm standing at a toilet... And the toilet is branded a T-O-T-O, a Toto. I was peeing into a Toto <laughs> urinal while Africa played on the speaker. It That's was hilarious. awesome. And I was going to take a video of it and have proof, but uh, that I been didn't. Weird. I, I left my phone in the car <laughs> and then I realized how reflective the toilet was, like the chrome in the toilet. And I was like, mm, that could have been a very incriminating tweet. So yeah, uh, that didn't job. work out, thankfully. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's funny. I thought you were going to tell. I have some bathroom stories from back in the day when I was playing in a band in high school, but it's not appropriate for this air, so I'll just talk about that off air.
0: A marching band, huh?
1: <laughs> no, rock band, man. You were in
0: marching band, too, though. You played the sousaphone. I'm sure of it. Yeah, you're right. That's awesome.
1: No, I w- uh, I wasn't in marching band.
0: I, I, we didn't march, but I played the tuba. I was projecting there, Jason. <laughs> yeah so all right cool uh hey by the way uh do you want you took a turn at singing a song there i'm gonna do it now too it's the most wonderful time of the year um we're doing our top 100 jason
1: that we are dude i'm pumped this is like my favorite time i love it
0: (laughs) yeah it's the most wonderful time of the year (laughs) so uh man we got two copyright strikes from the podcast
1: boys this week all right well we better move into news (laughs) All right, so first thing of news I wanted to talk about, I have zero information, but all I want to say is there's a second or third or whatever, a new edition of Kalis coming out. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a new box. It doesn't have the angry guy judging you on the cover. So, and it has a date like Kalis 18 something. I'm not sure what the numbers are, but so that's exciting. You can maybe get a shiny new version of Kalis. I've got the perfectly
0: dull old version, but I do definitely lay that box flat in a stack of boxes so I can sleep at night. Because if I got up in the (laughs) middle of the night and saw that guy looking at me, (laughs) bad times.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I still haven't played this game. I need to play this one. Classic, man. I know. I just need to play it. All right. So the next game is on Kickstarter now. It's a roll and write, and it has a cleverly titled name called Roman Roll. And mm. it's from PSC Games. They do a lot of like war games and like minis games. So it's interesting that they have this one. But this is on Kickstarter now with 16 days left, $36. And the reason I put this on here is because one, it's a strategic roll and write, takes about 60 to 90 minutes. Two, it's from the designers of Dice Settlers and Anachrony and Dino World, which is a roll and write that I, I really enjoy. And three, it has meeples in it, so it's a rolling right that is deeper than normal rolling rights, and it and has meeples that are going to like oversee the work that you're doing on your board. And I thought that was interesting, so I wanted to put it on here. So, 16 days left. If you want another rolling right, go check that out.
0: I don't comment about if I want another rolling right, but cool. This one does actually seem pretty good.
1: Yeah, it, it looks kind of neat too. Like, I, if you're into rolling rights, but.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to them taking Roland Rights and doing with them what we did with, like, Dominion. Where, like, it's going to be a component in the game, but you're actually using that pad to, like, make a factory. That's a bunch of other mechanics and other cool stuff going on. And I think that's coming, probably. But I think it'll be incorporated into other games, bigger games, as a part of them, and that'll be really cool. But by itself, it doesn't really appeal to me that much. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think we'll we'll get there. But this one might be cooler because... The Anachrony is definitely not an easy game. Dice Settlers is not a light game, I don't think. I haven't played it. And Dino World is actually a pretty complicated little rolling, right? So those three games mixed into one could be kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I love Anachrony. It's it's not going to be on the list tonight, but I think it will be at some point.
1: Yep. Uh, I haven't officially played it yet, so it's not on mine. Officially. <laughs> uh, the last game I want to talk about for news is another game on Kickstarter. I think that's actually was on Kickstarter before, because I feel like I've looked at this before, and it's called Above Top Secret, and it's by Three Mates Games. Um, It's $33, eight days left, and what this is is a two-player card game with a cool, like, Cold War spy theme, and what you're trying to do is you're playing cards. You have, like, a a front line that's protecting these bases behind it, so it's been done before, kind of, but you're trying to play cards to get to your person's base, the other player's bases, and take them all out before they take all of yours out. So it's just a two player little battle game with a pretty slick theme so I wanted to talk about it. So Above Top Secret, 8 days left. Uh, this reminds me of when I had AOL back in the
0: 90s. There was a subsection of AOL called Beyond Top Secret where you could like look up like paranormal stuff and like ghost stories and Bigfoot. And I think it might still be a website. Doesn't have anything to do with this, but that's how ADHD works, I guess. Uh. <laughs> And still cool, I guess. Oh, Oh, boy. I got some news coming across my desk here, Jason. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's official. As of the day of this recording, Unicorn Fever has closed. The campaign was successful and all stretch goals received. So uh, that's all. Uh, thanks. Thanks for standing by with this news update. Uh, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Oh that's that's cool Jason unicorn fever funded.
1: Did you did you know that was a reprint of horse fever?
0: Uh no, but it seems way awesomer.
1: Yeah, it's awesomer. essentially a, a slick shiny new reprint of that which I think is kind of interesting.
0: It's actually cheaper than horse fever if you get the full deluxe kit even because horse fever is stupid expensive.
1: Yeah, cuz it's out of print real bad.
0: Yeah, oh wait, one second. Don't don't don't. A second thing of news coming across here Jason. Uh in the mail today at the the Board Game Mechanics Western Studios, Fantasy Ranch arrived. Look for a review of that coming up in the next week or so. <laughs> oh, dude.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Heck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And with that, we will move on to games we played. So I got to play. I actually had a good gaming weekend. I played about 10 games over Sunday and Monday. And because I had Monday off, because I work at a credit union, and Dang. we like to we, we like to celebrate made up holidays, and that's what we did. So yeah,
0: I Columbus Day doesn't feel good.
1: <laughs> no, it doesn't. And a lot of people were posting, you know, all the normal me, like stuff on Facebook. I was like, I kind of feel bad that I don't really care because I get the day off. But
0: <laughs> yeah. you were protesting by you were protesting by uh, spending the day playing. Discoveries, the journals <laughs> yeah. of Lewis and Clark.
1: Yeah, I played Lewis and Clark in all Native American theme games. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, wandake is that what it's called? I, if I had more of those, I would play more. But that's just not a theme that we use a lot. But no, it's not. It's hard. It's it's you got to you got to tiptoe on that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you do kind of. It's it's a delicate balance. But one game I did play is about running a TV studio, and it's not the one that everybody's going to think. Which is the networks? I actually played a game called Prime Time. So this is from Golden Egg Studios, and what this is is you are buying or auctioning for TV shows that are going to either be a single show, a mini series, or a, a long running series that's going to last the whole game. And you're also trying to get actors and talent, like writers, producers, and cast, to go with those shows. Then, once you have your shows, you're going to put them out on your TV guide, which is a Monday through Friday-like schedule. Then you're going to try to draft demographic cubes based on the day of the week that you put your show in. Each of your shows have certain demographics that they want to watch them, meaning different colors. And there are black cubes that are wild that can fill in for anything. You want to get the most cubes in your show to make your show the hottest, get you more points. You're going to get money for every cube that you can acquire over the week to have more money to buy more shows later. And every third round... You're going so there's two scoring rounds. You're going to score points for your best show if you can get all five different varieties of show in your TV guide. So yeah, that's essentially prime time. It has cubes auctioning. I dig it. So if you can find it at half price books, that's where I got it for like five bucks. I say go hmm. pick it up. Gamer the networks. Yeah, kind of. It's 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 more gamery for sure. Huh. It sounds interesting. Are the shows funny in it? Like in the networks? Uh, they're actually like real show names. What? Yeah. I, I don't that's, know how they did that, but... That's why
0: it's $5. They had a cease and desist, probably.
1: <laughs> well, it's Get like... Get rid of
0: this evidence.
1: Yeah, there was a TV show that was an actual show name, but in the card, it was referencing... It was like a different type of show. So maybe that's how they got around it. I don't know.
0: It was like Scrubs, but it was about janitors or something? Yeah, it was stu-
1: stuff like that, yeah.
0: Huh. Weird. Uh, cool. Um. That's... that's Half Price Books is a good place to find some interesting little games, and I just got one in my neighborhood, so that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason, so yep. real quick here, uh, this is a chance for – I've got a cliffhanger here. Uh, this show is brought to you by our YouTube channel. Go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe. We actually are growing quite a bit over there. So uh, for real, though, this is YouTube channel doing well. Um, we're going to have a bunch of really good stuff on there, I think, going into Essen here because um, some people, I think uh, – Got pretty serious about wanting to have some coverage going into Essen. So uh, we got some rush deliveries sent to us. And uh so check check some stuff there uh going into Essen. Um some of the stuff that you're gonna be reading about that's hot. Well, we may have it covered here first. Uh so that's that's kind of cool. Um and speaking of YouTube, I just got a video up where we reunited the old band. My son and I did a review together, which we used to do forever ago. I've got some footage, tribute footage on there, a little bit to that. But he and I played Aeons and Legacy, and this is one that um, we started and then didn't finish it, and so we kind of reset it even and started playing it from the beginning just to kind of get a feel for it. He and I played through the entire campaign in this thing in three days because it's just good. It's really fun. Uh it's my favorite legacy game. I'll say that for sure. Probably my favorite deck building game right now. And playing with your son, doing something and experience with like your kid makes it better usually. But I think it would have been good anyway. I think it would have been good regardless. It's, it's just a really cool deck builder uh, where you're kind of staging these spells. And then there's really interesting. I can't talk a ton about it because I don't want to spoil the game. But there's cool narrative and all the different... Stages the different chapters that happen the different sessions. They feel pretty unique from each other Um, But you're constantly getting new sets of cards. You can get it's a deck builder So like you're getting new sets of cards you can put into your your deck that you're building It's a deck builder. You don't shuffle your cards too, which is kind of interesting and then and then it has like I said, there's this staging mechanic so you have these breaches on top of your character mat where you're putting these cards and getting them ready to like fire them the next turn but you can't cast them the same turn uh, as you stage them in the typical game. So uh, there's obviously ways that that can get worked around and things, but um, for, for like all extents and purposes, like that's how you fire your your spells as you stage them, and then you fire them off. And there's all kinds of things you're trying to balance to keep the world from being destroyed. It's a co-op deck builder against bad guys. Really fun, really cool. And every time you'd open one of those little packages and legacy things, it would be a pretty good game-changing, startling kind of thing that would happen that made you go, whoa, cool, um, all the way through the whole thing. So uh, Aeon's in Legacy, I really like it. And if you can find a deal on this one, I, it's my go-to Legacy game. I would I would say it's twice as good as the next best Legacy game i played. Like, it did it just really well.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I think Rodder really likes this one too. He said it was one of his favorite Legacy games too, I think.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Hey Jason, yep. this is this is the worst episode we're going to do out of the next 10, but it's still going to be pretty cool because we're talking about stuff we love. We get to talk about the 100 games that we love the most and react to the other person's games too, which is kind of fun too. Um, so I, I typed mine into the spreadsheet, you typed yours in. I haven't really looked at yours, um, and I don't know if you've looked at mine or not, but let's uh let's just talk about them, I guess. I'll, I'll get us going Jason. Right. I'll fire off with the number 100 here. number 100 the game that just barely made the list. and by the way, if you want to see the games that didn't make the list, again, go to our YouTube channel where we have some videos going up about every week about our hundred beyond hundreds what we're calling it. so our, our numbers 101 to 200. Um, but at any rate, we aren't gonna cover those here. We're gonna cover our top 100 we saved the good stuff for here so anyway number 100 Jason is for me Takano. I really like this game it's a great little family game you're playing with these hexes and you're basically getting canals dug so you can grow bamboo different places in different regions then sending a bamboo over to eat 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 the or a panda over to eat the bamboo uh, to get a belly full of of bamboo to make kind of set collections and you're also manipulating how this gardener works to try and grow the bamboo better and things like that. So, uh, and then you've got ways that you want to lay the tiles out. It's just a neat little tiling kind of set collection. Super cute, super adorable little family weight and gateway type game. Takenoko. I I think it's my probably go to gateway game, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Katie actually played this with her sister who doesn't play a ton of games. And she dug it a lot because, I mean, the cuteness factor really does help this game when introducing it to people like that panda eating stuff is adorable. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But yeah, this is a really good game. I played it with a bunch of non-gamers and it's gone over like gangbusters every time.
0: And- It's got the bamboo that's like three-dimensional, like stacks on top of each other. So it looks really cool on the board, too. And the minis are painted in it. So super adorable game. Takenoko. And I don't hear much about this one anymore. So if you're new to gaming and you haven't seen this one, I man, I would strongly suggest you check this one out. It's, I think, an essential game to put in your collection, kind of. You own this one, too, right?
1: Yep. I own it, too. I I may talk about it later. Mm -hmm, Okay. (laughs) All right. So mine 100, the worst of my best, is Dungeon Pets. So this is a game where you're trying to raise these little pets. You're trying to keep their cage clean from poop, you're trying to make sure they have food. You're trying to, um, go out and maybe auction to get new kinds of pets. Uh, it's a euro through and through. It has really cute, weird little artwork. All the little monsters are coming out of eggs. They're kind of, it's kind of cute and silly. Yeah. So I like this game. It's, Not as cute as Takenoko, but it's still cute. It's more complicated than Takenoko. Takenoko. For sure. Yeah. So if you want a good medium, I'd say it's a solid medium. So a medium weight Euro with an interesting theme that doesn't get done a lot. Then check out Dungeon Pets, my number 100.
0: So a couple things about this game that I want to mention. It didn't make my top 100, but that's a great pick. I like that game a lot. It's a super cute game covered in pentagrams, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, it's really cool. It has the mechanic, too, of where the where the, the pets that you're raising get old enough. Um, they go become farmers and generate food for the rest of the pets, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's what's happening thematically there, right? <laughs> you can spin it that way, yes. So that's a really fun little game, too, for sure. Good pick, Jason. I like it. All right, Jason, this is where you're going to be mad at me uh jason number 99 still a top 100 game still a very good game a game I like a lot and would play most anytime number 99 tracarion legends of illusion illusion uh I don't have Dalgard's gifts I don't have the new expansion so I just play the base game I'm not great at setting it up and there's just so many different different little rules in there that I Don't remember all the rules. I have to spend some time studying through it. Um, I need to play this more probably, make it more second nature to me. I've only played it probably a handful of times. I do like the game a lot though. Once it starts playing, it's super cool. I'm terrible at it. I haven't figured out how to like do that long term planning where you buy the right things to get your 32 point or whatever it is illusion figured out, and then along the way pick cards that work with the stuff you're you're staging and getting ready. Um, But I like this game quite a bit. It's a really good game. But it just it does take a long time to set up is my complaint. And then I I've heard that at lower player counts where I've played it at, it's much better if you've got that little expansion. Yes, so it is for sure. Yeah, so I need to maybe look into getting that expansion if I'm going to play it with two or three. Um, or is Delgards only at two? Uh,
1: I don't remember. No, you can play it with all player counts, but it gives you extra cards when you're playing with two that like block some spaces and it fills in some of the trick spaces with dead like fake markers to help make the connections and stuff easier.
0: Yeah, the other thing that's kind of gimmicky in this game, too. um, Overall, I really do like the game. It's a very positive experience, good game. But that little dark alley, like, they call it a built-in expansion. Like, why would you ever play without it? But then also, it feels super tacked on, kind of. Like, it does affect the game sometimes, but it's like... I've played it before where we forget about it for a round or two. Oh, yeah, shoot. We're supposed to be cycling that thing, you know? So, um, I don't know. It just gets ignored, especially because there's just so much other stuff going on that you're thinking about. It's tough. So, But it's a good game, a really good game. And I would say it's an 8 out of 10, probably. So, I know you like it better than 99. I think it's probably number 96 for you or so, Um, but (laughs) or higher. Um, But, yeah, number 99, Trickerion.
1: Yeah, I like this game quite a bit. I'll talk about it later Later, so. I won't belabor the point right now. I'm guessing not this week. Uh, no, next week. <laughs> That's a July. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number 98 is a game that I think came out this year and I really like it. And I've only played it once, which is why it's not probably higher. And it's called Res Arcana and it's by Tom Lemon. He does Race for the Galaxy, um, that stupid Yahtzee Egypt game, Favor of the Pharaoh. He does lots of games. And in this game, the, the it's an engine builder game. But what's interesting about this is you have, I think you have a total of 11 cards over the whole entire game. And you're using these 11 cards in the best way that you can to score the most points and earn these different locations that will trigger the end of the game. Because you have to get so many locations to trigger the, the end game. They're also going to give you points. You're using your cards to get resources, which you're going to spend to build the locations. So you're trying to figure out the best way to use these eight to 11 cards. I'm not sure of the number. And when you use them, sometimes they stay out in front of you. Sometimes they get discarded. So you're, sh- you're cycling through. So they might come out different ways, which makes you rethink your engine. So it's a really interesting engine builder. It's simple to teach and play, but it has a lot of depth and strategy to it. So my number 9d Eight. Whoops, which should have been ninety-nine. I guess. So we'll just flip it, and that will be Res Arcana. <laughs> so ninety-nine Res Arcana.
0: Oh, Steffenfeld, you got lucky today, bud. <laughs> uh, Res Arcana. Uh, Tom, Tom, I, th- I always say layman. Uh, I really like his race games, uh, race and roll game, but I've never played this one. I've been really close to just blind buying it. No one I know around here has it because um, it was kind of hard to get for a minute there. And now I think it's back in stock places. But this is one that I I have on my wish list. I'd really love to play it before I buy it, actually. But I could see myself really buying it and liking it. I think this one will probably be on the list next year because I'll, I'll get a chance to play it. Um, and I, I could see this being fairly high for me. Uh, I do like Race for the Galaxy a ton. And I've heard they aren't even really the same game at all but you can tell they have the same designer kind of thing. So uh, looking forward to playing this one for sure.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really good. And again, it's my number 99. Whatever I said before that was all a lie. It's number 99. <laughs> 99, got
0: it. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Uh, number 98 for me, Jason. <laughs> to be fair, we're like going out of order on the notes. Jason, anyone could do it. Uh This is one that's not going to make your list, I don't think. Teotihuacan. I don't know how to say it exactly, but uh, City of the Gods. Uh, I really really like this game, and I've only played it once. So that's where it's at, 98. I think it's going to go up, probably. This is one that I could... By the end of the game, I got a feel for, oh, okay, that's why this game's kind of cool. It's basically a huge rondelle with dice. um, And you're moving around different places, uh, trying to make your presence in different areas of the board better. So you can do better work. uh, So you can work on building tiley things. So a pretty fun little game. Um, I need to play it more. And we'll see where it goes. I think you've played it more than me, Jason. And it's not in your top 100, if I had to guess.
1: Correct. It's in uh, the video. It'll be in the the videos.
0: Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this is one that I know you traded probably cause it was kind of hot and you could get something really good out of it Yep, um, that you wanted better and you were kind of meh about it. But if this was something that like eventually was, you know, bargain bin half price books type thing
1: for 15, 20 bucks, would you pick it up again? Did you like it that much at least? Yeah, I liked it. I think part of my issue was I was wanting something more out of it. So it was a good game. I just, I wanted something else. So if I could get it for a decent price, I would give it another shot, and maybe with lower expectations, I may like it more.
0: Well, and it's the same designers as Zulkin. Looks like Zulkin has been called the spiritual successor to Zulkin, and it's nothing like it at all. So, I mean, that makes it really disappointing too. I think.
1: Yeah, I love Zulkin, but I don't like this one as much. Yep, I got you, man. What's your number ninety eight (laughs) game, Jason? (laughs) All right, so my number ninety eight, no matter what you might have heard before. My number 98 is a game from Steffen Feld, and it is called Notre Dame. Yeah, number 98, got it. (laughs) So this is um, a card drafting game, kind of. You have three cards, and you pass them around until everyone then has a hand of three cards. And you're using these cards to take certain actions out on this really weird-shaped board. You may go and visit Notre Dame to put some cubes there to get an area majority to score some points. You might move this little carriage around to pick up these little tokens to score some set collection bonuses. You might fight off the rats that are going to infest your town at the hospital. You might go to the park and just get some points. You might go to the bank and get some money. So you're doing all these actions with these three cards. And I think it takes place over three or six rounds or something. I can't. I'm always real bad on that. But... It's Stefan Feld. It's that similar thing that he likes to do, where you have a whole bunch of decisions that you can make and not enough time to do it. So, if you like Steffen Feld and you like um, card drafting and you want a game that is fun for twenty bucks, go check this out. So, my number ninety-eight, Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, this one's always like sixty-five percent off because I'm guessing MSRP in this game is maybe forty bucks, but it's always really cheap. If if it weren't too soon, I would say it's like it's on a fire sale, but it's too soon so I won't say that. So,
1: um <laughs> It's okay, they're rebuilding. It's all good. This is the only game
0: I know of too where it has one of the one of the things happening in the game is you're like dealing with a rat population, which is kind of weird too. Yeah, it is kind of so, weird.
1: And they they mess you up real bad. Those things are annoying.
0: It's a mean game. This is back in the mean. Stephen Feld doesn't like people who uh, have games.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: All right, cool. Number ninety-seven, Jason. My number ninety-seven is Dice Forge, and I'm a little surprised this one's so low. Honestly, yeah. Um, but this is what the machines told me. Um, (laughs) it's a it's a really good game. I don't have the expansion yet, so um, I'm really enjoying the base game still, though. So I don't. It's one of those things of I will get the expansion, but I don't need it yet. You know, um, because those even those bottom row of like faces. I haven't really used all those yet so I mean I'm just enjoying this game quite a bit it's really fun you're basically playing with these like Lego type dice where you pop out the faces and put new faces in and it's a dice building game and you're upgrading your faces um, to try and make your dice better and it's really fun because it's like all about probability it's all about trying to figure out how to maximize your ability to generate resources and points using these dice uh, making things better so Dice Forge, number 97. Really like this game.
1: Yeah, I really like this game. I've played this. This is my most played game this year. I think I played it like 15 times or something. I have the expansion. I've only played the expansion once, but the expansion is amazing. But it doubles the length of time that you play the game. So it goes from a 30-minute game to a 60-minute game. But it it doesn't feel like it.
0: And what makes this game kind of awesome is you can play with anybody about anywhere. Oh, yeah. It's quick. It takes five minutes to explain and you're playing yeah. to anybody. I mean, like, I'm talking, like, this is one of those games I can play with my dad kind of games. So,
1: yeah. Yep. yep, that's for sure. Yeah, I like this game quite a bit. Um, So, my number 97 is a party game. Yep, first installment of the party game. <laughs> And it,
0: it is, but it isn't. It's more of a role-playing game. Yeah, that's it's just, that's It's true. a role-playing game, which is also fun for you to have on your list. It's not really a role-playing game. It, it's yeah. a party
1: game, but it has a lot of rules for a party game. And it is called Ladies and Gentlemen. So, yeah. So in this game, there, there are partners. So it, there's could be up to five teams of a male and female partner. It doesn't have to be male and female. You can have two males, two females, whatever. But there's a female side and there's a male side. What you're trying to do is the males are going to work to earn money at whatever they're doing, collecting bank stocks or whatever, and the women are going shopping. And at the end of the day, the women pass the men all of the items that they would like to buy, and the men either say that they're going to buy it, they tell them no, or they're going to put it in layaway to buy it later. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to buy the best collections of of items that had the most stars. So like the best quality stuff, it's super sexist, b- very like gender stereotype. But if you can get past that, it's pretty fun and I highly enjoy it. So my number 97, ladies and gentlemen,
0: the thing you've got to say with this game too, that just, it has to be mentioned is every time this game gets played, uh, you always have the guys playing the girl side and the girls playing the guy side. Like it's just, that's just kind of how it is. Um, like just cause it's real funny to- <laughs> To play as the opposite
1: gender. Yeah. I actually haven't played the girl side yet, actually. I don't think you'd like the girl side that much, to be honest. But like The guy side is pretty fun, though. I do enjoy the guy side. The the guy
0: side has a lot more going on, I think, for just being kind of a fun game game. But the girl side's kind of fun, too. And the playing with a partner thing is really cool, too, for sure. Uh, I've only played this one once. I think it might be higher if I had more fun friends, but my friends aren't fun. They like to talk about real stock markets, not fake fun ones.
1: Oh, we get into it all the time. Like we're saying like, no woman, I won't buy this for you and stuff like that. It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) So
0: I I have these people coming over to my house, like my wife's friends who aren't gamers, decidedly not gamers, but their children are. Because like, I'm like, all right, who wants to play a game? And the kids are like, I will because we're bored. So like last time I had the kids over to my house, they're all like between about fourth grade to freshman in high school, we played secret Hitler and like, they're like the sweetest, most adorable little kids ever. And they're like all put secret Hitler on their Christmas list to their grandparents after we did this. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so they're coming over. I, we're going to play hail Hydra this time. So they can, they can feel the same kind of game, but not have to love Hitler as much. So, uh, but the, <laughs> that's, cool. that's, a that's, I'm grooming my next fun board gaming group, which is children, I guess. Maybe their parents will play good, good games someday. I'm going to start with Dice Throne, though. Not Dice Throne, Dice Forge. Maybe they'll like that game. We'll go from there. Anyway, whatever. I'll move it on. My number 96, Jason. Speaking of games where you roll dice, role Player, And I know this one isn't in your top 100, but it hit your top 200, which I really thought was cool. Um, this game's really good. I haven't played it with the expansion, and I think once I play it with the expansion, it's going to shoot way up because I've heard really good things, but I really like it. And this is just when I haven't had a chance. I own the expansion. It's in the box. I just haven't had a chance to play. It adds a couple other die, like different kind of die you play with. It kind of has like a like consolation kind of thing you can do uh, instead of doing the market. From what I understand, it's and don't take my word on this on the expansion at all. But I hear it adds quite a bit to the game, and I think it's going to make it better for me. The base game though, you're basically drafting die based on a color and a, and a value. And you're trying to match up patterns on your board. It reminds me of Sagrada a little bit with the, the die drafting thing. But I think Sagrada is really abstracted. And even though it's kind of cool and follows some like interesting Sudoku kind of rules, every player's character plays a little different. You have ways to like also modify your die with equipment and different abilities that you get. Whereas in Sagrada, that was the part that was so disappointing in Sagrada to me. And why it's not in my top 200 is because those little like repair cards or tool cards that you get... You can use like one of those in the whole game, maybe two or something. And, and it's like, no, I want to use these all the time. Like that's what makes the game fun is manipulating the die, not just being stuck drafting stuff that I don't want. So um, I I you get more of that in role player and that makes it really cool. I also like role playing games and this feels like you're creating a character. So I'm really hoping that this role player thing, I, I've heard, there's different versions of this thing going around where you will use this in like a campaign and do that. And I think even there was a Kickstarter for something like that, but um, it'd be really cool if that does happen. And I'm looking forward to that as well. So leave a comment. Cause I think that did happen. I, I just, man, when you look at enough Kickstarters, they'll start looking like zeros and ones binary code or something. But do you remember that too? Like there being like a cooperative role player that came on Kickstarter this last year.
1: Yeah. It's uh, like
0: Lockup or something like that. Maybe I know that's one of the role player games that's coming out.
1: Yeah, I no um, but
0: Cartographers is a role player game too, but it's right. like not rolling you know right. what I mean? Rolling yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know how they're relate, are related, but I want one that you roll your character and then you use your die to go do an adventure. I think that'd be cool because it feels a little like half a game, but it's really fun.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I, I like that game. I don't play it a ton, but it, it is fun. All right, so my number 96 is a game that I've done a video for on YouTube, and it is called Space Explorers. So this is a, a 60s sci-fi theme version, card version of Splendor. So what you're doing in this is you're trying to acquire these different types of astronauts. They're going to reference these five different types of industries that they do or like functions, which are represented by five different colors and you're trying to get enough of these diff- of that color in each of the columns to be able to acquire these satellites which are function like the nobles in splendor but the tricky thing about this is when you buy a card you have to pass all of your money or tokens to the player to your left so it's a closed economy and if the player who has all the tokens never spends their tokens you're limited on what and how you can buy things so it's it's like splendor with more game going on, and I enjoy it way better. So if you're looking for a deeper version of Splendor, check out my number 96, Space Explorers.
0: I'm not, but you have really good taste in games. And I think you were like one of the first people out there to play this game, to be honest. so Oh, I love um, it. It's good. Is this Grand Gamers Guild, or i am I thinking of something different?
1: No, this is 21st Century Games.
0: Huh. Really nice looking game, though. And I think you were like seriously one of the first reviews on it. So uh, good on you, Jason. All right, uh, Jason, number 95 for me is a game that I think you'd play and enjoy if you could get past the fact that it's in space. And actually, the fact that it's in space doesn't seem to harm you as much as it did a year and a half or two years ago. Um, this game is Eclipse. So Eclipse is a 4X game, sort of, but not really. It's more like a trying to build an engine, build an economic kind of thing for your type of uh, aliens or race you're playing or whatever. You are upgrading your ships and trying to make your ships better uh, using tech trees and developing technology, which, I mean, it's a part of the game, certainly. But if you do well enough at that part of the game, <laughs> better than other people, then the real nasty guy who wants to go out and fight you won't fight you. He'll fight other people usually. And there might be a couple conflicts in the game over the course of the game, but it's not, It's not. you know, it doesn't feel bad like Risk, where it's like, oh, who rolled better? And there's there's things that mitigate it. There's things that, you know, change how you do things. So um, the combat, and it's not not super friendly and, and kind, but it's not bad either. So um it is a part of the game, though. But the exploration and the tech trees and things like that are really why I like this game. It's a lot of fun on that level. Um It's really a pretty smooth game. And I think Colossal Games did a Kickstarter for this, and it should be coming back out. But I think it's kind of out of print right now, but I really like this game, Eclipse.
1: Yeah, I'd, I would play this because I've heard it's just a Euro game in space. So if i got an opportunity and i was feeling festive i might play this one festive <laughs> i don't know festive just felt like the right <laughs> word <laughs> i'm
0: i'm almost certain it wasn't but that's okay
1: <laughs> it wasn't but that's fine <laughs> all right so my number 95 is a game about um it's supposed to be about conducting a symphony but really it's an economic game and it's called symphony number 9 So in this game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to earn favor with these different composers like Beethoven, Bach, um, Mozart, which basically means you're removing cubes from them to make them more popular or less popular, depending on the trajectory of their career. And then what you're doing after that is you're using the money that you have to auction off a concert, and you're trying to bid... As a table, so it's a competitive game, but you're bidding as a table to try to hit certain targets to make your cubes worth the most amount of money. So you may try to say, hey, I'll bid three, but then when you really open your hand, you bid one, and you're screwing everybody over because you wanted maybe the red cube that was down lower to be worth more money. So it's just strictly an auction game, set collection game, and I enjoy it, and it has awesome components, and the symphony theme is pretty cool, too. So number 95... Symphony Number Nine. Amongst my favorite things
0: you do, Jason, are when you take games that people view as complex, and you go, "Listen, people, all it is is this: it's an auctioning <laughs> game where you're mean to each other and you sort of com- com- you sort of compete, you sort of get along. That's it.
1: <laughs> That's what you do. Like
0: <laughs> this is uh, this is an interesting pick. This is a rage-inducing pick because someone out there listening to this and goes, "Oh, that sounds kind of cool, and I like the theme. I like classical music," and they go let's go to board game geek and find where I can get a copy of this. And they go, Oh, I can't ever.
1: <sighs> yep. <Cool."> nowhere. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's like three copies in North America. So, uh, it's cool that you have one of them though. And I will play this at some point. It's it's, it seems super dry and boring and bad. And actually when I look at it, it reminds me of Shakespeare. Cause that game seems super boring and dry yep. and bad, but it's not. So, and it will appear on my list at some point.
1: Um, it, it wait, this game is dry. I'll give you that. But oh, it's I'm not sure it's is. not bad.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's good, but it has the same table appeal as Shakespeare, to be honest. I mean, like that's my thing on it. Yeah, so, anyway. Kinda... All right, Jason. Um, once there was this game called Russian Railroads. It was really good. It was pretty heavy, a lot of fun, and then they decided not to make it ever again. And we were all sad, so we couldn't play it anymore. But then you could get a clearance version of the game that was super light and did a lot of the same things called First Class All Aboard the Orient Express, which is a really good game. Um, You're basically trying to build these trains with cards. And then you have this other little like sideboard kind of train, toy train almost, that you're trying to advance on a track. But you're trying to basically generate – points by building the best train and having your train be kind of an engine that does good things for you. So, um, it's an engine building game, sort of. Um, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a neat little game though. You're building these trains, trying to, trying to make the best, the best sets of trains. And trains 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 i don't know what else to say really it's kind of hard to explain you're drafting cards to put into your train too. um just kind of a neat little game and i like it quite a bit and it's really available and really cheap to be honest uh it looks like it's a game for 25 years ago and i think it only came out two years ago which is kind of interesting too so uh all for first class all aboard the orient express
1: yeah that's cool i haven't played this one but it it does look kind of like my type of game so maybe someday
0: Well, it's the same designer as Russian Rovers, I'm pretty sure. So that's kind of its pedigree uh, to try and maybe get it to the table for
1: you. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So my number 94 is um, a deck builder. It's like a re-implementation of one that came out, and it's called Clank in Space.
0: Ooh, the in Space one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like this one a little bit better because you can't do the go down, grab the first artifact, and come out and screw everybody over. So in this one, what you're trying to do is you're using these, it's deck builder. So you're using your crappy piddly cards to move in the spaceship to try to collect different types of credits, resources, keys. And you're trying to make it to this in the end of the spaceship, unlock this area, go in there, grab this. I forget what you're grabbing, but then you're trying to bring that all the way back to the start of the spaceship so you can have the most points and win. So it's essentially the same as Clank, but instead of being able to just go down and come back up, you actually have to earn a key, get down there, and you know everybody's kind of on level footing there. So I like deck builders. I like deck builders that have a little more going on than just playing cards. So that's why I like this one. So number ninety-four, Clank in Space.
0: I yeah, I've I own this one. I haven't played it this year. Uh, I like it a fair amount. The cards are all kind of funny. Um, I think this is my my game that I would say, oh, you like playing Munchkin? Okay, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. Let's play a game that's good and funny and actually will make you happy to play. Um, Because I think it has the same appeal that Munchkin has to people, which is that like, oh, this is a silly, funny game. That's present in this game, too, like because all those cards are references. They're all really funny. But then I think the gameplay of this game is just really rock solid. Some things you didn't mention that I would mention are the modular board, for sure. Um, it's kind of a cool thing that you have in this game, um, that the setup's a little different every time, whereas the original base, Clank, you just had the one board, from what I know. Um, and then uh, I think there's there's at least one expansion for this one, too. So I haven't touched that one at all yet, but uh, a good game, Jason. Clank in space. Yep. All right, Jason. Uh, number 93. I was looking at yours and I was like, oh no, I put a game on my list I've never played.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that.
0: <laughs> uh, you, uh, oh, I was going to say the name of the game. I, I almost said it. I almost spoiled it. Uh, number 93, uh, Mansions of Madness, second edition. Uh, this is kind of a hybrid game. You play with an iPad. You're doing an adventure through this through this mansion. And so I actually like this game enough that I got the old first edition Mansions of Madness because you can use the the board and miniatures from that to expand the second edition uh, which i thought was kind of a cool little nod from from FFG to be like hey we're making your game obsolete and no one will want to play it anymore But at least it becomes a really good expansion for this new game. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing to do. But you basically have a character, you're getting equipped up, and you're going through this mansion, trying to fight bad guys, trying to solve a mystery, trying to solve little mini puzzles, which happen on the iPad now, which is super cool. Um, It really does feel like a genuine adventure. Really fun. Um, I like it quite a bit. I'm sure there's going to be a couple Cthulhu games higher than this one, but it's in that whole Cthulhu mythos. Um, Really fun little, just kind of like a i don't know it feels like uh like a dungeon crawl almost but not really like and not really a mystery solving thing either but just kind of a cool fun paranormal haunted house type theme uh playing as a character going through there trying to be brave and solve this mystery about the cultists or whatever so uh number 93 mansions of madness
1: yeah i haven't played the second edition but a long time ago i played the first edition and i'm not super into these like DM or Game Master Overlord games, Mm -hmm. but it was enjoyable. I didn't hate it. It just went on for a little bit longer than I would like, but it was fun.
0: Yeah. First edition is probably in my top 500 um, because like, I always get stuck playing as the Game Master and that sucks. Like, You want to own the game and play it as not the Game Master, but if you own the game, you end up being the Game Master. So this one with the iPad taking over the Game Master makes it really cool.
1: Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I would play this sometime, I think, but maybe I would play the Lord of Rings, Lord of the Rings one because I kind of dig that theme a little bit. Yeah,
0: or yeah, uh, more later on what I was going to say. I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my number ninety three is a game about building tea houses and joining the tea trade, and it is called Yunnan. And what you're trying to do in this is you are trying to create a route from Yunnan across Asia to set up a nice tea trade route. And you're doing that by riding your horses into different territories, setting up a tea, tea shops or trading houses to earn money from the emperor's little agent. When he comes out and investigates the area, you can build bridges to make it short, shorter to go to longer areas. If you can get to an area before everybody else, the emperor's going to give you gifts But before you can build the routes, you're going to do a little bit of auctioning to get more horses, earn favor with the emperor. There are two other spaces, our get bridge sections. And so you're doing some auctioning and you're trying to build your T route better than everybody else and earn the most points. I like auctioning, apparently. So I enjoy this game. It's hard to find, I think, and out of print. But if you like network building and auction, check out Unan, my number 93.
0: It's, it's like all those games that are like on clearance, you can like basically get them for a dollar. Then people figure out they're good and now they're like super rare and hard to find. Like Predator Porter was at one time. Yep. Uh, yeah. pretty crazy. And yeah. And like Luna was that way for a while. There's just, there's a number of games like that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Cool. Jason. I don't know anything about it, but I know I could have bought it on clearance or gotten it on trade really cheap at one time. Um, but I didn't, and so I won't get a chance to play it unless I play your copy.
1: Yeah, and we could play it, because you need to have three to play it without stupid dummy players, so sometime, maybe we can play it.
0: Can I be a stupid dummy player and play it
1: still? I mean, you can, if you want to.
0: That's about all I know to do. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how I play, too. (laughs)
0: uh, My number 92, Jason, is, again, I almost talked about your game. Uh, It's Yunin. I've never played it. I don't know anything about it, but... uh,
1: (laughs) Good pick.
0: <laughs> uh, number ninety-two for me is actually an IP. I didn't know this until much later. It's actually from a Brendan Sand, Brendan, Brendan S- Sanderson Sanderson uh, novel called The Reckoners. Uh, it's a really cool cooperative game. I don't love cooperative games, but this one's your. You're doing dice rolling. You have different powers on how you use these different sets of die. And you have your own specific die that have different faces on it. But you're trying to like keep these underbosses from taking over the city and then hit the overboss, the superhero, who's actually super evil, um, when you get chances. So you're basically rolling die, placing them down different places to try and do work and uh, – and then maybe hopefully gain some extra die as the game goes on or extra little powers, one-use kind of things to try and help you along the way. And it's based on this this novel series where it's like there's superheroes, but they're evil. It kind of reminds me of that show on Amazon. I forget the name of it now, but uh, somebody knows it, and they're yelling the, at their radio. The boys, the boys. The boys. There it is. It was you yelling at the radio. Yep. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's kind of like that a little bit. I think they probably owe this guy some money. Um, but anyway- uh the reckoner's number 92.
1: yeah this one seems kind of neat I don't like co-ops but this theme is pretty cool so maybe someday I'll play this one
0: it's it's good man i don't really like co-ops that much either
1: that's cool the production is nice because it's all like uh isn't game trays or whatever
0: yeah it is um and then there's like this really over the top like version of the game where like everything's pewter <laughs> so
1: that's <laughs> nice
0: <laughs> if you're into pewter pigs like my uncle that's cool man <laughs>
1: uh, all right so yours is a co-op mine is a game about piracy and my number 92 is called madam ching so this mm. is a, a bruno Catala game i don't know how many people know this game but i got it like super cheap on like a black friday sale And what you're doing in this game is you have a hand of cards that are different colors and numbers. They go from like one to like 60 or something. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to move your boat across this map to get down to, I'm trying to think what area you're trying to get down to. Looks like Hong Kong, or I I think you're trying to get to Hong Kong. And so if you play, you're going to play a card. You have to play any card. Every card you play after that has to be higher to keep moving your boat. If it's the same color, your boat moves straight. If it's a different color, your boat will move diagonal. So in order to get to Hong Kong, you need to play all diagonal cards plus these two different bonus cards that you can get from crossing certain lines. If you can get to Hong Kong, you win the game. While you're building the route with your cards, you're also trying to collect different sets of like lanterns and swords. It's called like journey expedition points or something, to get these cards that are going to be with points at the end of the game. So it's just a strictly a, a card playing game. Uh, a ladder climbing game, I guess, kind of. And you're trying to get as far as you can to get the most points. So that is Madame Ching. It looks beautiful because the art's from Vincent Dutre. And it's a super light game, easy to play. And I dig Bruno Catala. Number 92.
0: Yeah, this one, I get confused with that What's Your Game game that's called like... Um,
1: Vasco like de, de Gama.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> the, the one that's got like, uh it's like an Asian word. But it sounds like a guy's name like Joe Wong or something. I figured Zhang Wo. Zhang Wo. Yeah. Yeah, John Wo. That reminds <laughs> me of that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll be talking about
1: that one later, I think.
0: I don't know why. Both both may, uh, maybe because they're both just like named after one person. One's named after Madame Ching, the other one's named after that dude, <laughs> John Wo. John Woe.
1: Yeah. They're nothing <laughs> alike. This game's super easy and Zhang Wo is a beast.
0: Yeah, that John Woe is a tough dude. Uh, <laughs> anyway, number 91, Jason, for me, is a game where you're simulating opening packs of Magic the Gathering cards in a way you can actually afford. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's called Millennium Blades. Some things about this that I want to mention are you're basically going to competitive tournaments and building decks of, like, trading card game uh, decks to play against other players at tournaments, and you're doing all that in this game. It's like the meta of that because... Those rounds happen. At the end of the rounds, you're going to a tournament and playing, and the game's not bad. It's okay. It's like you're matching up symbols, basically. But then there's a different meta that pops out every round. So then you want to change your deck to match the meta because it becomes really powerful. And then you basically are blind buying cards, but they look like a booster pack of Magic the Gathering type cards. And then you flip it over and you only keep the one good card, like kind of like, you know, real Magic the Gathering, where you. Keep the rare card and then like the rest of them go into a, a like long box and then you sell like 5,000 commons of Magic the Gathering for $2. Um, so it's it simulates all that because you only keep the one card. The other thing that's really fun in this game is when you buy things, the money in this, you actually take stacks of money and put tape around it. So you throw like stacks of money down. Like and it's just it's real tongue in cheek that you're spending literal stacks of money to buy one card out of this pack. And um, then you can sell your cards to this card shop and people can buy them on the secondary market, but you can raise more money to buy more packs. And I think I've been there plenty of times where I thought, oh, this this CCG is super hot and super fun. I'm going to scrounge every extra change jar that I can in the house to go buy a few more packs um, and and not get in super intense trouble when my wife finds the bank statement. So um this kind of simulates that with you doing the whole like selling cards, buying cards, getting blind buys of packs. And it's got some really neat little themes in there. Like there's some video game themes. There's different kinds of fantasy stuff. So there's, different sets of cards you can mix together too plus there's a whole bunch of expansions that i don't even like remotely have but this this game just really cool it's kind of a speed dexterity of the mind game because you have 10 minutes between tournaments kind of thing to build your decks and make the trades you want to make and so you got to kind of be quick um you can't dilly dally with it but it's i think really fun really cool deck building kind of customizing a deck to take to a tournament and play it all in this the one package of a game millennium blades
1: is the money in this, is it like paper money?
0: Yeah, but it's bound together in stacks, which is, I think, funny. <laughs>
1: that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't played yeah. this one, but the theme is pretty neat. Yeah, it's it's a good game. I,
0: I don't know if you like it or not. Um, I don't know. The, the Magic the Gathering nerd in me really likes it, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I played a lot of Magic when I was younger, so it'd probably be pretty fun to me, too. I think you'd like it, then. I mean, like. I don't know, it just, it, it does, it feels, it tricks those centers, those
0: gratification centers in your brain to thinking that you really are opening packs of magic cards or something. So that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that is cool. Jason, finish this out. All right, so the last game I'm going to talk about today, number 91, is from Steve Jackson and it is Munchkin. Not just kidding. It is from mm-hmm. our boy PDB, Philip DeBerry, and it is Revolution. Yes. And this is the one of the two Steve Jackson games I like. The other one's Deadly Doodles, which is fun. But what you're doing in this game is it's an auction or well, a bidding game, I guess. And you're trying to bid to bribe these different officials to get your cubes out on the board to earn different area controls at these different locations to score points at the end of the game. The trick here is people can outbid you different types of goods. So there's blackmail. There's force and there's gold i think that's the two thing yeah three things you get the
0: fists the black envelopes and the money yeah
1: so the fist outranks the black envelope and the black envelope outranks the money so if you're bidding in those types of things you could bid one of each but they have a hierarchy but if you bid the same thing whoever has the most of the winner just like normal bidding the bad thing about this is if you lose your bid you lose all your money so that kind of gets people up in arms because they may go rounds and rounds without winning anything, which I think is right. kind of funny. But <laughs> you just got to go somewhere where no one else is going. So if you like mean auction games, because this one's pretty mean. If you like mean bidding games with some area control and you don't mind not good art, then check out Revolution, by number 91. So this game, and actually once you get the box open, it's not bad looking. That's true. That's true. The board's, the board's pretty nice.
0: And the player boards in this are amazing. Like some people need to take lessons from this game on how to make little like player shields. That's true. Because they're amazing. That is true. So the other person in the board game, like media, podcast, whatever uh circuit that really champions this game and loves this game is Sam Healy. And he plays with the dumbest home rule ever. Like that you get to keep your money. Yeah. Like I think that lame. ruins the game. That's like lame. it really ruins the game. So I think that whole like I lost all my money makes you not go for the things you really need sometimes. And it's really funny because there's certain spots that are super obvious that you're like, oh man, everyone's going to bid on that. So then nobody ends up bidding on it, which is (laughs) crazy.
1: Yeah. Because there's that one space that gives you just like 10 points. And that's one where everybody wants to go, but no one ever goes there. (laughs) Or someone goes there every single time.
0: So the other thing that really was fun to me in this game, one of the times I played it with your wife and my my buddy Jed... (laughs) He, he kept taking the 10-point spot, and he was kind of runaway leadering it. He was. So then your wife, who's like this like justice warrior of like, <laughs> I'm not going to let you do something easy and make us all look foolish, was like, I'm going to go there every time. I don't care if I have to waste my force every time. I'm going to go there. And it was the funniest thing to watch them fight back and forth. Yeah, that was fun. And then poor, poor like, in, like, I feel like you guys probably ought to know our game group by now. And then poor Jim couldn't win anything the whole time we were playing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that those are the people that get mad when they can't win anything. I think For it's sure. funny because that's the whole point of the game. It doesn't bother me, but it is kind of irritating, though.
0: And then there's certain people who don't respond to certain things, too. So, like, the the newspaper won't respond to force, but will respond to blackmail. Right, like, you right, know? right. So, that's kind of interesting as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a good game. It made my top two hundred, not my top one hundred this year, and maybe it should have. I'm kind of in thinking thinking about it right now and enjoying it. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it, the game's not a super great game, but it has you have a great time with it when you're playing it. Just everybody playing it together makes the game better than I think it actually is. If that makes well- sense.
0: Yeah, and then I think, man, my okay. So I was thinking this played a lot of people, like my box has three or four players on it. But I'm pretty positive that I've played this at f- more than that. Yeah. I think the expansion. The makes one it I have than with that.
1: the expansion can play six.
0: That's what I was thinking. It was, can play kind of high play count player counts, which is kind of cool.
1: And it's crazy at six.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. All right. Well, cool. Well, this has been the first installment of our Top 100. Uh, if you're brand new to us and you just came to us because of this, uh, cool. We're glad to have you. Uh, and we look forward to you coming on this journey with us. If you're a long-time listener, um, we hope we don't make you mad because we have some dumb stuff on our, our list, I think. Well, at least I know I do. I won't speak for Jason. Yeah, I
1: mean, it's the games I like. I don't really care what they think.
0: Jason? <laughs> I'm going to... Listen, if, I'm gonna. If you made it this far to the show, you get to know my number one game in the first episode. Okay, home stretch, baby. Number one, <laughs> all time.
1: Yeah, that would be crazy if that really was.
0: <laughs> I think num- the, we're gonna end on episode 100 being our top 10 games. If that happened, I got a feeling in episode 101 you. would be hearing, hey, it's uh, Jason uh, from the Board Game Mechanics, and with me is uh, anybody but Joel, because he <laughs> doesn't know anything about board games.
1: His number one game is a game all about rolling dice and seeing what happens. Yahtzee. it's
0: Candyland, the gambling game. <laughs> that's really what it is. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, and as long as you're having fun. I mean, Revolution is essentially just screwing with people are having fun, so. It's not your number one game either. Well, that's um, true. <laughs> that it's, is true.
0: It, listen, that game's not my number one game either, so... what is my number one game oh yeah yeah i
1: have no idea i was trying to figure out what your number one game was i was like dude i have no idea i'll share my list with you jason so you can see it
0: all right cool we're gonna hang up now so jason can (laughs) mock my list
1: (laughs) Uh, all right i've been joel and i'm jason keep gaming keep gaming